do for you now a scene from the hit motion picture Shrek. You ready? Okay. Why don't you get away from me, donkey? What you talk about get away from you? I'm making uh -huh. What are you doing in my swamp? So good to be home. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new season of A Ogre Tilt's Ogre. I'm your usual host, Will, and join me once again is my good buddy, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Will. How's it going? I'm doing all right. We also got Chris over here. Hey, Chris. Hey. And uh, yeah, so here we are, year six, season six, and uh, we have just started the final season of A Ogre Toad's Ogre. Um, the last episode one ever. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, last episode one ever. The last season premiere, which feels uh, very bizarre to me. But uh, I, I also think we've, uh, you know, I, I like that we are planning it ahead of time. We've kind of danced around the idea of doing the last season for, I guess, mm -hmm. now four years uh, <laughs> or whatever. Um, I think since season three, we've been debating whether when we should end it. Not that we've had any strife or had any reason no. to want to end it we're just kind of like well where's where's the logical end point for this mm -hmm. and we, we once we abandoned the whole idea of um doing Three. what our initial conceit was you know doing all four or five shrek movies oh yeah uh we we kind of uh in, it liberated us to kind of do a bunch of really neat things obviously if we didn't do if we uh didn't stray from that path we wouldn't have had chris on the show so i'm very happy right. that um, we went the way we did with the show, but obviously that kind of made us a little bit directionless in terms of where <laughs> to take right. the show, uh, in the later seasons. Um, we did obviously, I love, yeah. I love that my passion for the cat in the hat <laughs> right. kind of fused you into this show, derailed right. the entire thing. <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, I think it's for the better. I, I don't think the show would be the same without you, Chris. So Fully I'm agree. very happy. Uh, I'm very happy that you've been with us, but um, in the spirit of honoring uh, both the origin of the show and, I guess, kind of bringing things back full circle, we decided, as you might have heard in our most recent episode, to bring this back to the Shrek franchise by covering Shrek 2 for the entire year of 2022, which, you know, is fitting, you know, the, yeah. the two film in 2022 Hopefully this episode in the season isn't a number two. Uh, and uh, yeah. So um, I guess, like I said before, before we started recording, I'm going to kind of break it down as far as like uh, where we stand on the Shrek series as a mm -hmm. whole. And I want to start with Chris because um, obviously, like we said, Chris, you weren't here for season one. Matt and I, we've talked extensively about the, the first Shrek <laughs> film and how we feel about the, the franchise as a whole. But I actually generally don't know how you feel about this series. So why don't you go ahead and kind of kick things off for that with your thoughts on the series. Uh, so before I do that, I just want to, a thought that I had when I was watching it is that some, like when I'm dead and gone, someone's going to look at my Amazon prime video history and see the number of times I've watched a certain <laughs> number of films and be like, what the hell is wrong? with this 
<laughs> he just loves Garfield the movie. He's, he's cat in the hat yeah. 67 times or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, but no. Um, the Shrek series uh, is great. Um, I still remember uh, the first the first Shrek movie my mom took my sister and I um, to go see in the theaters because okay. she had gotten a, a trio of free tickets. And so we got lunch at Burger King, and then she surprised us with these tickets. Hell yeah. We're going to go see Shrek. Um, and so, you know, we went and saw Shrek. We had a good old time. I remember laughing so hard I almost passed out at the part when um, Fiona sang so loud that the bird exploded. Oh, man. That, she had the eggs and stuff. She yeah. had the babies. That's uh, um, that. The same thing happened with my dad when we watched the film together. He... The hardest I've ever seen him laugh, I think, was watching that scene together with the bird where it explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, and just rewatching Shrek 2 for the first time in probably a decade, um, just the the absolute density of visual and pop culture gags in this movie is astonishing. Oh yeah. And a lot of them have are a lot of them are timeless. Um uh. One of my favorites that I totally forgot about was um, the the Knights show instead of Cops. Yeah, I was going to oh, bring yeah. that up later. And they yeah. <laughs> do the, the, Bronco. the pepper grinder in Shrek's face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's terrific. Um, so, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, really good stuff in, in most of the series. Like, I think the low point was Shrek the Third. Yeah, right? I think generally that's... I mean, Will, feel free to disagree. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... Uh, yeah, just kind of a general rundown. I think Shrek One is a genuinely really good film. Um, you know, I I think my affection for it kind of wanes each time I see the film. Obviously, I think when we covered the first film in season one, we kind of started to lose interest in the film more so yeah. than maybe even the other some of the other films that we've talked about on the show. Um, but you know, I I think the novelty of it uh, at the time certainly and. And uh, I, I think certainly the way that change animation, both for mm-hmm. better and for worse, is kind of hard to deny. Uh, but I, on its own terms, I think it is a a very sweet, endearing film. I think some people don't really give that first film enough credit for that reason. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I recognize why uh, a lot of folks think the second one is an improvement. At the time, when I saw this as a kid, I remember thinking see, the, the second film was the better of the two films. I think as I've gotten older, I've recognized the first one was probably the best of the four, but I still enjoy this film a good bit. Um, three, obviously, as we said, just a terrible movie. And I know you, Matt, uh, we went to see Shrek the Musical however many years ago. About five. Yeah, and we did like a mini marathon. I don't think we ever got the, the fourth one, which you still haven't seen. Correct. Um, are you going to plan to watch the fourth film sometime this year, just to well actually I, see it? I, we'll get to that. I was going to. I had a thought about whether we should. I mean, I guess I can just bring it up right now, unless you want me right. to save it. No, I mean the floor is yours. Um, well, you know, if we, I didn't know if we were going to talk about possible episode ideas for this year, but um, oh, I see. Um, yeah, we can kind of save that for for later but we could do like we could for one month we could do a shrek ultra marathon that's what i was gonna yeah like we did for scooby yeah. Doo. Um, i see yeah if we were to do that one month i would do it then presumably just like all the sequels or all four shrek movies at once everything i don't know yeah i, I mean whichever whatever feels right i guess okay that's an interesting idea i, I would not shoot that down 
Yeah. You know, that way we can kind of because just it kind of feels like we owe it a little bit to the audience to give like our opinions <laughs> I guess so. on yeah. the rest of the series. Sure. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I guess if we have any sort of obligation in this here podcast that we have, I guess it is to actually watch <laughs> and discuss all four Shrek movies and I guess um um Puss in Boots as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't um, seen that either. Okay, you haven't seen that one. I thought you had seen that one for some reason. No. Um, it's no. all right. It's fine. It won't be ogre until we talk about all of those. Yeah, it won't be ogre until Puss in Boots. Right. Um, <laughs> I watched this movie on Peacock, uh, and after nice. it was done, it like tried to jumpstart Puss in Boots immediately, and I had to like be like, no, 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 this is not the time. But it was really <laughs> eager to put Puss in Boots on for me. Nice. Um, so. I almost watched it again, or yeah, I almost rewatched it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else, Chris? You had to say about the Shrek series? Um, in general, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think I'm like you. I, I have to rewatch the first one to really establish an opinion. But I, I'm still, as of this moment, of the mind that the second one is the superior film. Okay. And in my memory, I kind of conflate the third and the fourth ones. I don't really remember. Um, specifically, which happens in what film? Well, um, without giving too much away, or vice versa. I don't want to spoil anything for Matt. I know he's precious about Trek Forever I, After spoilers. I um, know what happens in the movie, kind of. Oh I mean, boy, your experience has been tainted for Shrek Forever <laughs> After, the final chapter of the Shrek. That one franchise. has the little Grim- Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, right? Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yes, who I think looks like a little uh, Danny Boyle. But um, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, Shrek Forever After is basically the It's a Wonderful Life retelling where Shrek uh, wants to not have a family and a wife anymore. And then like there's like like uh, Fiona, the like Viking or whatever. And then Puss in Boots is overweight. And it, it's it's better than three. That sounds good. It's all right. I, I that's one I'm most curious to rewatch at some point. Because I remember at the time being like, yeah, it's okay, I guess. I feel like I would probably appreciate it more now. But I know when Matt and I did our marathon for the first three Shrek films, um, we both, I think, came to a conclusion that Shrek the Shrek the third, the third film, uh, is just awful. It's a really bad movie. Which is the one where the witches are riding the flying trees and carpet bomb the village? Um, must be that, that must be the third one, I think. The third one's the one with Justin Timberlake, and like he uh, is King Arthur. trying, yeah, yeah, with King Arthur, and then like he's having like dad anxiety because he's gonna have the kids. There's the only like funny scene I remember in the third movie is where he has the dream sequence where like all the baby Shreks are like trying to like a- attack him. Do you remember that at all? Um, no. Okay, that's like oh, the only that's the only scene I remember in the Shrek. The third Trek movie being pretty funny. The rest of it is not good. But I guess we'll talk about that more whenever uh, we do that episode. Mm-hmm. So I will hold any further thoughts on the other Shrek sequels besides Shrek 2 until that time and date. Uh, but I guess... Uh, the only yeah. other thing I want to add before we continue is uh, one one thing I observed very quickly in Shrek 2 is that the animation has actually aged really well. In Shrek 2? Yeah. I think... I was going to ask you guys about that later, but I think some of it has aged 
really well and some of it has not aged too well and i think the stuff that doesn't age great is the humans yeah um yeah and some of the backdrops right. like the buildings look kind of basic but like some of the facial animations for shrek and fiona are like really solid yeah um the hair animations are pretty good and um e- even the editing is really good. it doesn't have anything to do with the animation quality right. but the editing is really strong in this movie yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, I know the the one animation thing that really stood out to me was when they're in the like little barn area when it starts to rain and you see the, all the rain on Shrek's face and you can like see each wa- particle of water really clearly. And I remember being like, that's really impressive, especially because water is a pretty hard thing in 2004 yeah. to render um, via computer. So, uh, I mean, there's stuff like that that I think is really impressive and hold to the yeah, it stuck out to me how well animated Donkey is as the horse. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I thought that was like kind of funny how like well animated he is as a horse. Right. I still think his face on a horse's body is kind of jarring, but yeah, that's neither here nor. I guess that's kind of the point. Um, well, I was watching on Amazon, and um, one of, it has this little X-ray tidbits and uh-huh. trivia or whatever. Uh, apparently Shrek's face has 200 and something individual muscles animating it. Yeah, I could tell Shrek was more animated in this one than in Shrek 1. Yeah. Well, you can tell, like, they they, they found out that Shrek 1 was a a hit, so they just pumped a Mm -hmm. ton of money into the technology for this one. And, you know, I, I I don't... DreamWorks has always been interesting in terms of the fidelity of their movies like um like uh prince of persia wait not prince of persia prince of egypt yeah i know what you meant but yeah that's funny and um uh the road to el dorado yeah like incredible pioneering of the blending of of cg and animation Mm -hmm. like just i think dreamworks films as a whole are not as good but like the the technology and the animators they have over there do not get enough credit for what they do i agree with that yeah, because I mean, the only other, I mean, I guess more recently, the only anime movie of theirs that I can think of that has gotten praise for the animation is probably the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. Mm-hmm. The other ones um, don't get enough credit. But I mean, I will say, I don't know if, have you guys seen the trailer for The Bad Guys, their most recent film? Uh, yes, no. I have. Uh, I remember, like, I when I see the poster for that, I'm like, oh, this looks like another generic, like, C grade. Uh, family anime film and that might be the case but the trailer for it surprised me because it looks like it's incorporating some of that like um spider-verse like mix of 2d and 3d yeah give it like a Ooh. comic book feel in a way that yeah. i i was not expecting Ooh. so it took me aback in a good way but i don't know if that's gonna be a visually inventive film but it just looked more visually interesting than i initially expected mm-hmm. agreed i'll have to check that out yeah um i mean the writing for it looks kind of so-so but uh, from an animation standpoint, it looks more impressive than I would have originally given a credit based on the Jeff. That's kind of that's kind of the DreamWorks brand is you know mediocre writing and, and pretty <laughs> dang solid animation. You know, yeah, barring a few movies like Megamind or whatever. Right? Yeah. Um, um, no, I mean, uh, you guys didn't see um, the Gary Shandling documentary? No, that I came didn't. up. Okay. Um, did you guys see Over the Hedge? Yes. Yes. Okay. When I was a kid. Um, I, I watched the during, I guess now it was actually, I forget if it was 2011 or if it was 2020, but I, I ended up watching the Judd Apatow documentary about him and they go pretty extensively into over the hedge. And apparently he was like really like giving them a hard time cause he would like write and rewrite every joke. I didn't and realize he, would, he wrote that. 
he didn't. That's the thing. Like he, oh. they just hired him to be a voice actor. But like every time he got a line, it's like, nah, just like he just would like pencil and like rewrite it. And then he's like, that's not what he would say. I, I can't remember that character's name, but it, it was. It's funny and kind of alarming how much work he put into what was supposed to be just kind of a um, throwaway voice role. Not throwaway, yeah. I guess. It, it was a big deal for him, but he, he he proved to be a big pain. But I don't know if the work that he did for that film shows in the the final product because I haven't seen that movie in probably 15 years or more. Um, so anyway, we're not talking about over the hedge. Not today, at least we're talking. Notes. What are our notes on Shrek? 2? We're talking Shrek two. Well, I want to hear everyone's, I mean, you talked about it a little bit already, Chris, but I want to hear everyone's sort of general thoughts on the film first when they saw it. And then when they're watching it now. So, uh, since you and I, Chris have already kind of talked about that. I want to hear from Matt real quick, just where you stand on the film Shrek two. Generally speaking. Sure. Um, yeah. So I remember seeing this movie in theaters. I remember being really excited for Shrek two. I remember seeing Shrek one in theaters. Um, and I remember like my sister being like, yeah, it's Shrek turns into a human. And then there's donkeys like I'm a stallion baby. And I was like, what? You know, I was very excited to see that. <laughs> sure. Um, I, also played the video game the ps2 game of this movie a lot when i was a kid uh it's one of the better uh video game adaptations of of a movie um it's a very fun platformer and you get to you can have up to four players although you know who had the adapter to add more controllers to the playstation 2 but uh it's I, I like Shrek 2 a lot. I haven't seen Shrek 2 a lot. I mean, especially compared to Shrek 1. But I was glad to finally watch it yesterday uh, because I've been meaning to watch it ever since we finished season one of this show five years ago, which is crazy to say, half decade. Uh, holy cow. It, it, I think, well, I think the last time I watched it was the time that you mentioned where we, when we marathoned through. So it was kind of fun to watch it this time just on its own as its own movie. Uh, but it, yeah, Shrek two is great. You know, um, it's like Chris said, they, they definitely put a lot more pop culture into it, a lot more money into it, but it's, it's a fun, it's a good sequel. I, I like to think that the, um, the first Shrek movie is standalone. And then the second, the second, third and fourth are kind of a trilogy. Yeah, I would agree. Um, although I, That's a good way to say, yeah. obviously I haven't seen the third one, uh, of that trilogy, but, um, in any case, uh, yeah, I think this is like a good setup of like expanding Shrek's world and right. bringing more characters and ideas into it. Uh, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. I mean, I get that because like you could watch Shrek two having not seen Shrek one and follow mm -hmm. it pretty well. I feel like if you tried to watch Shrek the third Without seeing Shrek One or Shrek Two, you'd yeah, you probably be, be lost. yeah, you'd probably be pretty lost. Um, and I don't remember Shrek uh, Forever After well enough to know how one would feel about that film. But um, yeah, so I mean, I'll say I I think it it's pretty inarguable that this is the second best film we have covered on this podcast. The only one that maybe competes with it is um, Scooby Cat in the Hat. Oh, that too, I guess. Oh. Um, well, I mean, in terms of pure absurdism, I would certainly say Cat in the Hat, absolutely. But um, yeah, and quality, I guess, uh, by normal 
critical evaluation, I would say uh, this is probably the second best film that we've covered. But I mean, I still I mean, I think, like I said, even though I as a child, I think I preferred this film as an adult. I, I see a lot of the things that people complain about uh, with the Shrek franchise. I see that being more of an issue or a hindrance in this film than with the previous one. I still think ultimately the first film is a film that's very heartfelt, has a really great message. It balances, I think, the humor and the story a little bit better than this one. I think the story and the humor here, they kind of sometimes feel at odds. Like they're like, I think that's why the middle segment of this movie kind of drags a bit for me. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I think the beginning of this movie, like the first 15, 20 minutes are just really solid stuff. Uh, a lot of inspired gags, um, you know, maybe a little heavy on the pop culture stuff, but it's mm-hmm. to be expected. And I would say the last like half hour of this movie are is just like awesome. Like it's yeah. just it's some of the best jokes. It's you know action packed. Human like Shrek. Was, yeah, human Shrek. Like, like Chris was like saying, he, he looks like me. Oh yeah, really? You think he looks like me? I yes. Oh, uh, hubba hubba! Um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, you you make a good point. The the middle section of this movie gets pretty dour. Uh-huh. It just gets kind of bogged down like the plot stuff. It's not a lot of jokes. Like I mean, they're cup. Is it, no, I'm just saying it's it's kind of miserable. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because it's like Shrek has like, an identity Shrek, crisis. The, you know, yeah. marital strife. Right. Mm-hmm. Fairy godmother is locking Shrek away from the <laughs> from Fiona or whatever, and then she's gonna kiss prince charming who's a total you know jerk yeah he's just and kind of a kind of a jackass too oh yeah but um Mm -hmm. like totally but uh on that note though um rupert everett as prince charming is just fantastic Mm -hmm. i would say easily the best um voice performance of the film oh i was gonna say jennifer saunders is the best voice performance of the film but I think uh, that's a valid uh, opinion. And I was also thinking that if this movie was made today, there's a 110% chance that he would have been played by Chris Hemsworth. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, I, I think Rupert Everett's very good. He seems to be having a lot of fun with this role, for sure. And I'm kind of surprised he's not in it that much. I, I constantly forget that he gets a bigger role in the third one as opposed to mm. the the second film. Isn't he kind of a good guy in the third one? Uh I don't remember him being a good guy. I, I I think he's the main villain, right? I don't know. I it's I don't remember the third one. Sure, you, you try to forget it. Um, yeah. yeah, I I think that's I I think that's false, Chris. But I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know. You, you'd probably know better than I. I'm pretty sure he's the main villain. But um, all right. So general, just notes you guys took watching the film. Uh, who wants to start? I guess we'll start with Chris because we started with you, Matt, for the previous segment. Sure. Um, right off the bat, uh, first of all, <laughs> the ease with which Prince Charming gets to the castle. Oh yeah, is pretty funny. And then the wolf is is reading the Pork Illustrated mm-hmm. magazine with the pig in the swimsuit. This <laughs> is bacon in the sun, mm-hmm. and he's eating a bag of bacon flavored pork rinds, which is just. <laughs> They, they really, pun intended. They went a whole hog on the <laughs> puns for that for that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also wrote uh, this song is going to be stuck in my head until the next episode in regards to the um, accidentally in love crows song or whatever. Yeah. Accidentally in love, yeah. Counting crows. Um, let's see. 
there's a lot of really good foreshadowing in this movie. Like uh, when the queen is talking to the king, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. our first kiss amongst the lily pads. Mm-hmm. It's like that's that's terrific. That's really good. They set it up very um, well. Yeah. Um, um, and on that note, I also wonder if had the had the movie not revealed that the king um, didn't have Fiona drink the poison tea. Um, that would have been a better reveal if they waited until. Oh yeah, Fiona and Prince Charming kiss, and then she headbutts him. It's like, oh my gosh, the potion didn't work. Then it's like, no, the king, you know, sacrificed his right. own well-being. No, they show it that. happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, or a flashback or something. But instead of him making that decision in the moment, I, I get it. It's a PG kids movie, um, but I think uh, well, being uh, a little bit older, isn't I, it I kind think of might have been a much. Isn't it a little ambiguous? What? Do you see him pour it into the cup, or do we just see that he makes sure she takes a certain cup? So he has the he has the the cup situated left and right. He pours it into the right mm. cup, and then and he, he makes her in. take. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and then, then he, when she yeah. reaches for the right hand cup, he says, "No, that's mine." And he takes it, mm-hmm. and she drinks the left hand non poison mm-hmm. cup. So they make it very obvious that that he didn't. Okay. He prevented her from drinking the poison cup. Um, I also had a thought, like, if this is, this is I, I thought I had this thought, and then I was like, maybe, maybe not. So, like, they're like, oh, if we kiss right now, we'll stay like this forever. When the clock chimes midnight, I wonder if, like, what if they kissed and then turned back into ogres and realized that their true love and what they really wanted was to be ogres together? Then I was like, well, at the same time, they chose not to be human and beautiful together and be, turned back into ogres because that's what they wanted. I'm not sure which of those things are are better. Well, I mean, they made the conscious choice, so I think ultimately that's the the intent that you know they kind of picked. It. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Right. But like my initial thought was like, what if they, what if they realized that what they truly wanted was to be ogres together? Like I think you're right um, it, upon reflection, but that was kind of like one thought that I had hmm. as well. Um, let's see. I love that they got Larry King to play the ugly stepsister. Oh, that's who voices her. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, and they get Regis Philbin to play her sister, I think. In the nice. <laughs> that, yeah. that is absolutely fantastic. It, not not only because that they do it, but because they got them to do it. Like, mm-hmm. Larry King and Regis Philbin are like, yes, we're going to play the ugly stepsisters in a Shrek sequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they pick up the phone and agree to do it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Waits is Captain Hook in mm-hmm. the bar for the first appearance, then in the second appearance is somebody else. It's a uh, Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Nick Cave? Oh, Nick Cave is the... Yeah, well... When he, during the drinking scene? Are you talking about when they play People Ain't No Good, the Nick Cave song? And he's like singing it yeah, on when, the when piano? Shrek, yeah, when, when Beautiful Shrek and Donkey mm-hmm. and the Cat are drinking in the bar. Yeah, so that's Nick Cave, or at least he's singing oh. Nick Cave. Uh, so oh, okay, okay. I don't know if they actually got Nick Cave to like sing a new version of that song for the movie, but uh, but it was a Nick Cave song. Yes, Nick Cave. Uh, we- that it was almost definitely Nick Cave singing yes. it because that's yeah. how this movie seems to roll. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, can we talk about the soundtrack of this movie real quick just before we get to your yeah. next note? I, it's good. It's pretty good but i think it's a weird soundtrack like i feel like the first movie maybe maybe not all the songs on that soundtrack are great but i felt a little bit more consistent like there's kind sure. of like a folky quality quality to that uh that first movie and this one's kind of like 
Right. Yeah. That's yeah. You know what I mean? Like it kind of gives like a like tonal consistency. And this one, it's like David Bowie, Nick Cave, uh, <laughs> Counting Crows. The song is when they're escaping from the fairies. Oh yeah, fairy godmothers. That, like, that song didn't fit. I don't remember yeah, what it, I, is, it, it That's great, probably yeah. the weakest song in the film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's not a bad soundtrack. It just kind of feels. Uh, a little more sporadic than the previous film, but where do you two stand on it? I think it's a good soundtrack. I don't really I, have much I of an opinion. I think that it doesn't it doesn't work as well as the first one in some ways. Yeah, just only because only because some songs are weaker. But like the Nick Cave, the Tom Waits, those are like awesome little tidbits. Especially right. because when I was you know eight or whatever, I didn't know who Tom Waits was. Mm-hmm. Um. So like a lot of those things, seeing it now, it's like oh oh my gosh, there's a lot, so many things that I can, and that was one of my notes is like I can really appreciate more so than a lot of other animated films is that there are so many jokes and references in this movie that I appreciate as an adult that I had no idea existed as a kid. Whereas there are other animated movies and shows and whatever uh, that even as a kid I could see the joke but didn't really get it. Um, but in this one, it's like as an adult, I'm like I that one completely missed me, mm-hmm. and um, and I really appreciate that, as well as the kids' humor being pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's like, a good uh, fart joke in this when he drinks the potion. Yep, yeah, that, that was really good. Or when like the one of the things I laughed really hard at is when after the reveal that the king is working with the fairy godmother and and Prince Charming. Uh, donkey has an exclamation and Shred's like, Mary, a talking horse! Mm. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's that's actually really funny. Um, now my only, my last note, or last two notes. Uh, first one is um, the cat, or, uh, it's a cat in a hat. Uh, Puss in Boots <laughs> saying, I hate Mondays. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I figured we we're going to address that at some point on this show, the, the Garfield connection. Uh, it's, it's a cheap joke, but whatever. It's cute. I, I don't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, when they're escaping from the factory, the hat grab, when, uh, the cat, uh, when Puss in Boots grabs his hat right before the door closes, I remember that same gag from Chicken Run, <laughs> but what is that gag actually referenced to? Is, is that, that Indiana Jones? Jones? Yeah, it's Indiana Jones. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's Raiders. Okay. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Oh, okay. All right, whatever. That's right. Okay, now I'm so ashamed. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a trope, you know. It's done in everything. Oh, and then the other joke that I thought was the other joke that got a really good belly laugh out of me is when um, the giant gingerbread man Mongo. smashes the Starbucks. Mongo. Mondo, yeah. Is it Mondo? Uh, I thought it was Mongo. Starbucks Mongo or whatever. Yeah, it's Mongo, G, right? And then yeah, Mongo. Yeah, Mongo. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mongo. I, who I gotta say, best character in the movie. He's, oh, he's yeah. the felonious of this one for sure. Uh, he is the felonious. He is the things. He is the slapping dummy man. I imagine <laughs> he's going to come up in every episode of this season. He, yes. He'll be our recurring character. Who is the character in in four for uh, for Scooby Doo? Yeah. Uh, and who is it for Garfield? Uh, Garfield. It was Lyman. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he wasn't even in the movie. That was right. a good one. Uh, uh yeah. Scooby Doo wasn't it? Uh it was the goatee guy, wasn't it? 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. yeah goatee guy. Sorry, uh, sorry, Chris. Um, sorry. Anyway, yeah, Sidetrack, Bongo yeah, smashes a Starbucks, and people run screaming out of the Starbucks, drinking their their coffees as they're running, and then go across the street into the other identical mm-hmm. venue. It's like that. That in like that is a timeless joke if ever I saw one. And then they all get crushed by the giant latte cup. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's still, I mean, it still holds true. I mean, you can, I can, I can literally step out of my place of work and look in three different directions and spot three different Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so that I think that is, that is absolutely genius. It's it, it's there's a lot of jokes that are kind of low hanging fruit in this movie and in this franchise in general. But that that is an example of a joke that is not only low hanging fruit but very very delicious fruit that you should actually mm-hmm. go up and reach for. Yeah. And the execution is great too. The the ex- execution is terrific, and that again leads credence to the, the way that this movie is "quote unquote" shot and edited. It's just really, really slick. Um, this is the timing is great. Uh, it's um, I'm really gushing over this movie because even it's now it's an hour and a half, but like I was really sucked into it. But those are my notes. Well, I was just going to say, speaking of Mongo, um, one Mongo, of my I yeah. love him, man. I only actually took two notes this time because I was like, since it was the first viewing, I was mostly just taking it all in. Sure. Um, but uh, I have written down, you great stupid pastry is a great line. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good one. All the stuff with Mongo is just, it's very good. I wish there was more of him, but I think they're wise to keep him, mm-hmm. uh, keep him relegated to only a few choice scenes mm-hmm. because I, I, every moment with him is gold. Like he, he really elevates the movie in, in so many ways, I think. So uh, nothing but love and respect for, for Mongo. Mm-hmm. So Fully keep agree. going. And what was your other note? Oh, it was the one about Donkey being really well animated. Okay. Um, But I also have one that I didn't write that I, I wanted to ask. Is it just me or is Puss in Boots heel turn like... Oh, I was going to mention that, yeah. It, it just happens. <laughs> like he, he starts acting like he has a life debt to Shrek. But they didn't all that happened because I, I rewound it because I thought I missed something. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all that happens is Shrek just picks him up. Mm-hmm. And then he's like no longer a threat. I think that kind of like. I think that that could be sort of I haven't seen Puss in Boots, but maybe it could be sort of a thing like that. Puss is just kind of like this washed out. Wannabe mercenary mm-hmm. and. Um, well, I mean, I think like when, when, when the king pays him the money, um, he's very menacing and he, he's got the eyes in the dark and, mm. and the, the sword that comes out and whatever. Um, and then he's kind of like really intense during the fight. And it's like, no, nah, it's just a cat. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got a sword and he's Antonio Banderas and he's got boots and stuff, but he's just a cat. Sure. <laughs> I think it's more. So I think, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I think. I think that's. I think that's. That's what it is to me. But what were you gonna say? I just think it's as simple as he is a loner cat who has really never found much of a bond with anybody, and so the fact that Shrek is willing to cuddle him and actually, you know, show love and affection is what endeared him to Shrek, and I guess uh, subsequently Donkey to a less, less, uh, lesser extent. But um. I don't know. It, it. I agree with you that it, it felt very abrupt to me, and I imagine it'll feel more abrupt as we watch mm-hmm. and discuss the film more. But it's not something that like kills the movie for me. No, I no, think, by no like, means. Because I, I think I just kind of like that camaraderie 
uh, between the three of them. So if anything, I probably would have just been like, okay, let's just get to them being friends and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we've said it already. It's a 90 minute film. So maybe they just wanted to like kind of just get to it already, but it, it, you were not alone in that. I also found that to be a very bizarre twist, uh, for the character. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, uh, have a few handful of notes uh, that I'll get to, and then we'll wrap up this month's installment. Uh, like I said before, I watched the film on Peacock or Peacock mm-hmm. Premium, courtesy of my roommate's account. Nice. Uh, and something really bizarre happened, and I've never seen. I mean, this could be a new thing with the movie, or it could be a Peacock thing. So I wanted to hear if this was the case for you guys. It didn't start with the uh, traditional DreamWorks fanfare. With the little kid on the balloons, that came up. That came after the Universal logo, and it was very bizarre to me. Did the Universal logo come for you guys? Because I vividly remember it never being in the VHS or DVD versions of this film. Well, I watched the DVD, so yeah, I had no Universal logo. It, I don't think so. Universal is just like trying to take ownership of this movie, and I'm like, you don't get credit for this. You didn't do this. What is what stake does Universal have in DreamWorks? Nothing. They own it. Well, they own it, yeah. They now oh, they, they, they own it now. now. They do, but they but now back then, right? And now they're trying to act like they did before. And I'm sure, like, sure, dude, no, a no, no. Movie. <laughs> you, you trying to get, get your Universal logo out of my Shrek movie? <laughs> you get that out of there. That's not part of the movie. Yeah. Um. That, that's not my Shrek. Let's, that's not my Shrek too. Uh. Let's see. I wrote. You expect me to believe Shrek wears boxers? <laughs> um. We know for sure he doesn't. And he even doesn't have boxers on when his he's a human and his pants fall down. Um, so what, where did those boxers come from? That's what I want to know. Which boxers? When he um, is in bed and he like sees like the Sir Justin and he's like unable to sleep and uh, the king comes to him. It's like uh, maybe he, for that for staying in the castle, Fiona was like, "You can't just be nude." Sure. And so made him some boxers. Sure. Um, why does human Shrek have hair? Why does what? Why does human Shrek have hair? Well, because when he had horns, there was no room for hair. Yeah. Or ears or whatever. Is that the reason why he's bald as a, as an ogre? No, I think, I think he's bald as an ogre because it's... He's he's bald as an ogre because on the Skyrim character creator you can only have the the big ears on top of your head or the hair. You can't pick. You can't have both. <laughs> right. Oh, I got you. So it's an animation thing. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um, I wrote that uh, Cameron Diaz I think gives a better voice performance in this movie than the previous one. Not that she was bad in the previous film, no. but I think I think her voice performance is a little bit stronger in this time this time around. I'd agree with that. Um. Let's see. I, the horse in the carriage guy, uh, not thinking that the horse talking is strange, kind of uh, struck me as a bit amusing. <laughs> um, I I wasn't sure if that was like a fairy tale thing that like everyone's kind of taken aback when donkey talks, but when donkey as a horse talks, like no one really like finds that weird. Um, I'm not quite sure what that was about. I don't know if that was like a joke or if that was just uh, whatever. Um, right. I didn't catch until this time the whole we need flower. Lots of flower is a reference to the Matrix. Um, it is. What's the we need it's guns? A, it's lots a, it's of a, guns. Yeah, yeah, we need guns. Yeah, mm. 
Uh, I just rewatched. It's kind of a weird reference because it segues directly into a Frankenstein reference. Sure. Well, I mean, the original Shrek had the uh, Matrix, the, the, the parody of the Bullet Time scene. Or no, actually, oh, yeah, was the bullet? It was a mix of Bullet Time and then like the opening of the Matrix. I think right with Trinity. Yeah, I think that's what it was like. Kind of like a mix. It was like a twofer. Uh, but she fights Robin Hood, right? And she yep. does the camera spin thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, not unprecedented for the Shrek films, but I didn't really catch it until this time around that they were doing that. Um, and then uh, a few jokes in this movie that made me chuckle. Uh, the mermaid gag, where she throws the mermaids into the sharks, made me chuckle. Oh, yeah. Ariel into the sharks. Uh, I like that Puss in Boots when he's like on the tall ledge and he falls down, he falls right into his boots. Cats mm-hmm. always landing on their feet. Yeah. I thought that was good. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, I chuckled when uh, Fiona thinks Puss in Boots is Shrek on the horse when he's licking himself. Uh, Thumbelina <laughs> sweeping her, getting swept up on the red carpet. And uh, those are the only ones I wrote down. But I did want to ask you guys, I know you brought it up already, about the uh, Cops, a.k.a. Knights parody, which yes. struck me as a bit odd. I think... I'm I'm kind of of two minds on this scene, and I want to hear what you guys. Well, I know what Chris thinks. I want to hear what you think, Matt. Um, I th- I think it's funny. I think it's inspired. I think it's just kind of weird to see to hear Eddie Murphy as a predominantly black performer saying this is police brutality. This is police brutality while he's being held down by police. <laughs> it's kind of an odd choice for a family friendly PG film. Uh. And also, yeah, I mean, but I, I think the idea of like him getting peppered in the face instead of pepper sprayed is pretty good. Um, Puss in Boots having the catnip on him and being like, that's not mine. It's pretty, you know, it's like your mm-hmm. kind of basic cop parody stuff, but you know, yeah. it, it feels pretty inspired. Um, I'm not quite sure how TVs work in this universe, but I don't mind. It was the mirror. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good catch. Good catch. Um, but how is everybody else watching it? I don't know. It's a good. It doesn't really matter, I guess. There's, there's only one. There's only one magic mirror. <laughs> it's. I definitely it's thought a, about that too. It's a sweep. We're sweeping. Everybody, everybody else is listening on ham radio. <laughs> What's going on? Who is this guy that sounds like Scottish Mike Myers? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's all I really had for this month. Um. Yeah. yeah so you know. Just kind of a general roundabout yeah, premiere episode. Yeah. Uh, obviously, ne- next month we'll have a little bit more planned, including a conversation about Far, Far Away Idol. Mm-hmm. Yep. About what? The, oh, Far, Far Away. Yeah, Far, Far Away Idol. Do you remember that? Vaguely. It's pretty good. Uh, I would I would say you'll enjoy it, um, but we'll find out. Next I book. think I remember watching that first when I was a kid after Shrek 2, and I was like, I've had enough of this Shrek. <laughs> I, I want to go to bed. I need to process the rest of the film. <laughs> this, this has been an hour and a half of pop culture nonsense, and I need time to decompress. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that does, like, I think ultimately, I might mention this already, but I, I do think this movie kind of goes more overboard with the pop culture jokes, and I feel like that the first movie was maybe a little bit better about more that restrained yeah well not only more restrained but the, the jokes they're pulling from are more about like traditional fairy tale tropes yes and kind of just mocking kind of the formalities of that so it felt mm-hmm. a little bit 
it looked, felt a little bit more timeless to me. Like there are like the occasional like pop culture reference, but in this one, it feels like the movie becomes more dated because it's mostly pop culture stuff or, cons- yeah. or like consumer yeah, like first, commentary and stuff as opposed to in the first five minutes there's a spider-man reference yeah. and she pulls down the mud and kisses him upside right down. and then the lord of the rings like, before whatever that. Else in that montage yeah lord of the rings um yeah. i forget the other one. Oh well uh from here to eternity i think was the one on the beach if i'm not mistaken uh there's like a bunch yeah. of references to the other movies in that opening which you know i, I still think it's a fun scene but it, it, it at the same time kind of sums up by what I feel is like makes this movie inferior, which is that it kind of limits itself by being more pop culture and joke heavy as opposed to having kind of the heart and uh, more classic humor of the first mm-hmm. film. But, you know, maybe my opinion will change after 11 more viewings of the film. I guess we'll have to find out later in the year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyone else have anything else to say about Shrek 2 for the month of January 2022? Don't think so. All right. Well, then I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And remember, kids. It ain't ogre. Till it's ogre. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Bye. So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see. Good.